Do you like aliens, UFOs, cryptids, and the supernatural? What about self-defecating humor? Uh, actually, it's self-deprecating humor. Well, you may both be right. Alien Theorist Theorizing is a comedy podcast that examines cases like Roswell, Bigfoot, or the Atacama Alien. If any of these topics pique your interest, subscribe to Alien Theorist Theorizing free anywhere you find podcasts or go to alientheorists.com. Hey everybody, it's Joe Trippy, and welcome back to That Trippy Show. A pretty amazing week. Alex, where the hell do you want to get started today? You know, I, we got to get to Kansas and Arizona. I think we should probably start with Kansas, where it's kind of got to be the big news of the week. Uh, last time I checked, it was a huge majority. I think 59-41 voted to preserve abortion rights in the state's constitution, which yeah, there's been a lot of media coverage about it, but... Joe, how big is this? Well, look, you know, I tweeted earlier today that in 2017, Doug Jones won, you know, his shocking upset in red state Alabama, first Democrat to win a Senate seat in 25 years, and provided hope that really helped energize Democrats and prove victories were possible in 2018 in the midterms. In a lot of ways, I thought... You know, Kansas on Tuesday was that same force. And so I, you know, I told everybody, you know, get organized, do the work, because I really do think it's the same kind of moment. I mean, Alex, you and I and Simon Rosenberg and Greg Sargent and other people have come on. and We've been talking for months about this being a better time for Democrats, a better midterm for Democrats than than most of the pundits and the conventional wisdom. We're saying, but I think for a lot of people, it wasn't Kansas real on Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. Kansas on Tuesday kind of said, you know, maybe they're right. Maybe something bigger is happening here. And so I, that was my the, my first reaction was, hell yeah, uh, let's let's uh, get to work. You know, get people out of the doom and gloom that we've been trying to talk them out of for a while now. And as people are are seeing, I think that this is not going to be a referendum on Joe Biden. We've been saying that for for quite a while on this show, as our guests have been. It's not just that. It's a choice election. And I think Kansas showed us that when choosing the mega extreme and sort of way out there forces that are not just trying to take away rights, but our democracy, that people are responding Democrats and independents, and that was the big numbers. I mean, seeing the the kind of sea change in terms of where independents were in Kansas was pretty amazing. And younger voters, too, came out. That was really good stuff that points to what could happen in November 22, if uh, this November, if we, if we, as I continue to say, if they keep doing the crazy and we keep doing the work. Well, I, I think that you mentioned turnout. There was some really interesting stats. I mean, at one point, and this was as of late Tuesday night, and I'm sure they've changed a little bit since, but something like almost everyone who voted for Biden turned out in Kansas, and something like a little over half the Republicans who voted for Trump turned out, which we've been talking for weeks about how Democrats are more energized. There is your proof right there. Yeah, no, that's what we've been seeing. We've been seeing these numbers you know, that have shown 92% of Democrats are 
are really more focused and energized you know, by turning out in the November 2022 election. First time in the last, I guess, month, the first time that Democratic enthusiasm or interest in the election has surpassed Republicans. Then you see this, this turnout showing that Democratic enthusiasm with 90 plus percent of Biden voters showed up and only 50 of Trump voters showed up to vote. So it's it's showing up. I mean, we're not only seeing it in the polling, but now we're seeing an actual result. You know, where Nate Cohen has said there's a chance that this was the largest partisan turnout advantage in a high turnout election that Democrats have enjoyed as long as he's been following election data. For Nate Cohen, that, that's, that's pretty amazing stat, but it it's not just the reality of that turnout. It's what we're seeing in, in the polls and the rise of generic Democratic vote versus generic Republicans. A lot of things that we've been, we and Simon Rosenberg, Greg Sargent, and others have been pointing to, again, if you've listened to the show, Simon was saying this was going to happen back in October of 2021. And I think we were saying the same thing, just a little bit, either about the same time or slightly before that, uh, where I came out with my four reasons Democrats should be more positive about what was going to happen. And we're seeing it now, actually, in reality. And I think Kansas really was that same surge of optimism that you saw come out of of, of the Doug Jones victory that, that we were a part of in 2017. That victory of Doug Jones, he really gave a lot of Democrats, it sort of energized and made people realize that, that victory in 2018 was possible. Not only was it possible, it happened. And so I think that same thing, Kansas just sort of says to me, I really do believe uh, it's that same force. And then if we now get energized and do the work, and we're already seeing the Democratic enthusiasm, we continue to do the work, they continue doing the crazy, which I'm really confident they're going to do. This was a huge Tuesday for the pro-democracy coalition, not just that's what was fascinating about this. It wasn't just Democrats. This was independents, Republicans, Democrats coming together and saying, no, hell no. Right. Well, when you get to 59 in Kansas, Democrats are not going to get you anywhere close to 40, let alone 59 on a full statewide turnout. So, yeah, that's a lot of Republicans. It's a lot of independents. That's the same thing I'm talking about in Alabama. Alabama is a red state. I mean, 68 plus, you know, Republican state here. People keep saying, oh, yeah, it was about Roy Moore. And No, if you look at how crazy people are in the Republican Party and what they will vote for, I mean, they will vote to nominate Oz. They'll nominate crazy. So to overcome that in a state like Alabama, even with the charges against Roy Moore, that's what I'm saying. It, it says, no. There are issues where you can reach people and they will come across. And guess what? The Republicans with Roe v. Wade and the court have caught the damn car and they have no idea what's going to hit them. None. Well, let's get into kind of these national implications of, of Kansas and, and how you see this. I want to point one thing out that our friend Stuart Stevens said. He pointed this out. I mean, just how big this is. From 1940 to 2020, Kansas voted for one Democratic presidential candidate. That was LBJ in 1964. 
Radical Republicans went too far with Goldwater. Yesterday, Kansas against decided radical Republicans have gone too far. And, you know, Stuart Stevens, he and I have done battle. We battled and battled and in, 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 in mostly in Senate races through the 90s uh, and early 2000s. And he understands how far the Republican Party. And that's why I joined the Lincoln Project. That's why he, you know, he he was a key reason I joined the Lincoln Project, because even though we've been against each other, I understood that we needed to bring uh, Democrats, Republicans. This was bigger than just Democrats versus Republicans. And I think even the Republicans in Kansas, I was closer among Republicans, obviously, on this issue. But even a lot of them came over with independents and Republicans and defeated. When you get to, like you said, uh, Alex, when you get to, to, you know, 59, 41, there are a ton of Republicans in there, too, or a lot more than you would suspect. So this was huge. It was huge enthusiasm for Democrats, a huge move by independents away from MAGA, ultra extreme Republicanism and towards pro-democracy and Democrats. And I think there were a sizable number of Republican women who, and younger Republicans who joined them. Tribby, I'm glad you brought up that Stewart point, because one of the things I think it, it translates well, and we'll get, he made another point we'll get to in a minute. But these stances, I mean, you saw what it did in Kansas, but this really has to hurt Republicans electorally this fall, right? I mean, you mentioned they caught the car. I think Kurt Bardella said something else that was really good on MSNBC this week. Yeah, so you're right. He said that the most fatal flaw you can make in a campaign is to excite the other party's base. I agree with Kurt about that. And that's usually something Democrats are really good at. Right. Right. We'll, we'll get all, all, all out there on defund the police or, or critical race theory and flame the other side. But this time it's the Republicans. They've been doing it over and over again, including, you know, voting against the burn pits help for veterans. I mean, just crazy stuff. They're just chasing this crazy base of theirs. I think they have really, like I said, dog caught the car. Kansas tells you you're looking at a very energized, and I would call it a very energized pro-democracy base, not, not just Democrats. When you look at what happened with younger voters, with independents, with women, it was it was a pretty... Uh, telling tale. And then when you see what happened with Trump voters, and by the way, I think this is going to continue is as MAGA candidates win and the rhinos sane or whatever normal team stays home or votes Democrat or the normal team wins and the MAGA uh, folks stay home, they're going to have this, this continuing problem of enthusiasm and I think in trying to stoke that enthusiasm, they're just going to stoke the pro-democracy base even more. Well, and I think Jake Tapper put it pretty succinctly when he said, between infrastructure, gun safety, chips, and the PACT Act, all passed in less than a year, I can't recall a period of so many big and substantive bipartisan accomplishments for Congress with, by the way, a 50-50 Senate, he points out. So, I mean, that just hands Democrats so much, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, first of all, we, we've we got to start, and Rosenberg, Simon's been really clear about this, start really banging the drum on the accomplishments and the things that we've actually gotten done 
despite the obstruction of the mega ultra extreme Republican Party now. But I think Stuart Stevens is right again. His suggestion, here's a message for Democrats, attack, attack, attack. A governing party versus a party obsessed with bathrooms and bedrooms. We can win. You can win, he says. There are more of you than them. Walk with confidence. Go out and take it. And again, I think that's what Kansas said. Kansas said to folks, go out and take it. Stop with the doom and gloom. Stop with the, you know, oh, Biden isn't doing this enough or that enough or the Repu Democrats. It's not that the Democrats aren't the problem. Biden's not the problem. It's the damn Republican obstructionists who are the problem. And again, as Jake Tapper went through that litany of things that have been accomplished, infrastructure, gun safety, chips, the PACT Act, all passed in less than a year. And that's with a 50-50 Senate, folks. I mean, that's with trying to navigate the near impossible to get anything done. And Biden and Democrats have done it and gotten things done while the Republicans have done nothing except this ultra-extreme agenda of theirs, which I think is becoming clear and is creating energy and I think is leaving them the divided party that has a lot of problems going into 2022. And we've been saying that for months. Well, and it's not even their agenda that we think it is. It's their agenda that they're freaking telling us, right? Nothing of what they're oh, yeah. trying to do is should be a surprise at all right now. They're saying it out loud. No, Rick Scott, Rick Scott raised taxes on everyone making under $400,000 so that they have skin in the game. Gut Medicare and Social Security. Make sure it can, we can sunset it every five years, have a chance to end those kind of programs. Ron Johnson said this week that we should eliminate Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, and have it be discretionary spending that Congress votes on every year. So every year they could in eliminate Medicare, Medicaid, or Social Security would have to come up for a vote. But their, their business interests, oh no, tax cuts for them, everything else, Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, that's discretionary spending, folks. <laughs> we may have to get rid of that so we can, so we can keep giving those tax cuts away. This is how insane the Republican Party has gone off the cliff. You know, you contrast that with the two big wins that Democrats have had in the Senate this last week, you know, CHIPS and the Inflation Reduction Act. I mean, you look at that, two in three, this according to the Newman Navigator poll, two in three Americans support the new economic plan noted, known as the Inflation Reduction Act when framed as a new economic plan that would lower costs by allowing Medicare to negotiate lower drug prices, bringing down health insurance premiums, investing in clean energy like wind and solar power. 65% of Americans express support of this legislation while just 24% are opposed, including support from independents by 40% margin, 61% support, to 21% opposed. So that's what Democrats are doing while Ron Johnson talks, remember, this would lower costs by allowing Medicare to negotiate lower drug prices, while Ron Johnson wants us to be able to eliminate Medicare and Medicaid and Social Security and make it discretionary spending. That's 
the different that's the choice this is why it's not a referendum on joe biden this is a choice between a governing party and extreme ultra mega party that is a threat to democracy as we're looking ahead to the fall, Joe, I know in the past you've talked about some of these externalities starting to come around Democrats' way. I mean, this is all pointing in the right direction for Democrats at this point, right? Yeah, of course. I mean, look, inflation's down below 3%. Gas prices are down over a dollar. You know, d- Democrats continue to gain pretty much everywhere. You're seeing this in the generic numbers. You're seeing it in, you know, in head-to-head numbers in Senate and House races. Uh, even McConnell thinks we're in a different reality now. He said, I, I think it's going to be a very tight, and I think when this Senate race smoke clears, we're likely to have a very, very close Senate still with us up slightly or the Democrats up slightly. I mean, this is Mitch McConnell admitting that, whoa, maybe Democrats will be up slightly. So, yeah, guys, guess what? We're going to gain Senate seats this year, okay? That's, that I'm really confident of. When you see McConnell equivocates, it's like he's seeing his whole dream of being majority leader again go down the toilet. Why? Because he can't control the crazies. He opened the door for them. He enabled them. He did everything he could to let them go. And now it is just the Pandora's box is open. And now he can't get them back. Can't get that back in the bottle. He knows. He's seeing what's Herschel Walker, Dr. Oz. I mean, I mean, the core of Republicans they're nominating in the Senate is is incredible, which will only be made more just unbelievable when you start finding out who the House people they've nominated are. So I think all that is really clear. And I think that's only going to get worse for them as Trump continues to try to emerge, as CPAC still has Victor Orban the next three or four days at their CPAC conference in Texas, as states continue, legislatures continue to do the crazy, banning contraception or whatever the next crazy thing they're all going to try to do, that brand choice that they're presenting to the, to the country is just going to keep building, I think. And the other things like inflation, gas prices, the things Democrats are accomplishing that we're still going to get done in the next months before the election are pretty clearly, I think, going to turn out to be worse for ultra MAGA and Trump and the Republicans. And, you know, then you have some more bad news for Republicans. Fox News has Fetterman plus 11 in Pennsylvania and Warnock is plus four in Georgia. As Simon Rosenberg has pointed out, several polls have Dems up in the generic congressional vote now. But even GOP polls that showed huge GOP leads have now shown substantial substantial movement to Democrats. Rasmussen, who was 39-49, big Republican bias in his polling, had it 39-49. It's now 41-46, still a five-point advantage for the Republicans in his polling, but a five-point shift. American Greatness, another one of theirs has a seven-point shift, nearly a dead heat between Democrats and Republicans. And, you know, and there's Senate Opportunity Fund, again, dead heat, and a four-point shift towards Democrats. So we're seeing, and this is like in their GOP polls. So GOP polls, their people, their pollsters, or pollsters that lean their way, are showing five, four, 
seven-point shifts to dead heats in the generic vote. Now, by the way, all of the independent pollsters or pollsters that aren't really aligned with either party or a media company involved with either party, what such as Fox, but even Fox has shown a huge shift. But when you look at independent pollsters, that thing is a seven, eight, nine point shift to, to Democrats. And then, like I said, I would go back and point to the real head-to-head numbers. Because one of the things I, th- I keep saying about the generic is, yeah, you say generic Democrat versus generic Republican, people have their own views of who that might be. They're, they can imagine in their heads a moderate Republican uh, or an evil Democrat. But then when you start to say, no, it's okay, it's Fetterman versus Oz, and you get an 11-point lead. I'm sure a generic ballot in Pennsylvania would be closer to that. Probably pretty close to even, yeah. Yeah, but so that's what I'm saying. When you start putting names and faces and profiles, and that's where I think the big one of the big problems that I thought they would always have is I think they're nominating more lunatics this year than any party has ever nominated, including the 2010 year where they nominated enough crazies in the Senate that they lost their chance to take it. I think that generic point you make is really important because normally you'd look at this and say, okay, generics, maybe Democrats are down two or three, but on the strength of the candidates or how crazy the Republican is, that might get closer to the margin of error or even a dead heat. No, it's an advantage. And then, by the way, you put the candidates on, you go from a maybe four or five point Democratic lead to that's how you get Fetterman up 11, which, again, might not be 11, probably won't be 11. But I, I buy that number a hell of a lot more given national trends than I would have, you know, last fall. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why you're, you're seeing this. I mean, you saw it in Arizona, right? I'll tee that up for you. The Arizona primaries is unbelievable, Alex. Oh, yeah. I'm glad you got there. That's we wanted to get there before we wrap today. That was the other big primary Tuesday night. Um, and, you know, it, it's like every single statewide race, they had the option for crazy or not crazy, and they went crazy every yeah, single time. Go for it. The doomsday ticket, my friend. You, you got it. Take it. Yeah. Oh, man. I was so excited. I almost made this. I, I might make this the title of the pod this week, but they called it the doomsday ticket, which I think when a Republican strategist is telling Politico that it's the doomsday ticket, that generally means pretty good things for Democratic chances, right? Yeah, it has to bode well for Democrats this fall. Look, it is absolutely amazing. As you said, they could go for crazy or not so crazy, and they went for craziest every part of the ballot uh, statewide in the Arizona primaries. It's unbelievable. Bill Gates, a not the Bill Gates you might be thinking, a Republican Maricopa County supervisor told Politico the election night last night was a catastrophe for the Arizona Republican Party. Gates said, and I would argue, our democracy. This is, this is a... Republican, an elected yeah, Republican county yeah. supervisor. I mean, th- this isn't the guy who said it's a doomsday ticket. I mean, you have to, you talk about all those doom and gloomers in the Democratic, you know, call it, uh, oh, there's no way we could win. The House is doomed. It's the way it is. You know, it's always the party in, with the presidency always loses lots of seats in the House. 
uh, all the doom and gloomers this year on the Democratic side, dudes, people, everybody, listen, (laughs) Republicans in Arizona are looking at a doomsday ticket and it's going to happen across the country. It's happening not just there. But in, you know, in all these states, it's just amazing who they're nominating. So Carrie Lake is now expected to win the governor's nomination. She, she says she wouldn't have certified 2020. Before the uh, her election night was over, she, she said the fix was in, that they, there were forces trying to steal. The- <laughs> she's going to win, and yeah. she said it was, yeah, she said it was, it was rigged, and she's going to win, win anyway. anyway. I love it. Uh, you, you know. Mark Fincham, the, the, their Secretary of State nominee, uh, extreme conspiracy ther- theorist and member of the John Birch Society. Blake Masters. The... Which, by the way, before we get to Blake Masters, the member of the John Birch Society is like the fourth or fifth craziest thing about him. Like, it's not even in the top three, which is saying something given how wild yeah. that is. Sorry, go on to Blake Masters. Yeah, no, exactly. Blake Masters nominee, don't even know where to start. The, the recent internal GOP poll has Masters down 49 to 44, and they're bragging about it. That's an internal. They put that out. Yeah. yeah right. Right. And, and I think, I don't know if it was Nate Silver or, I know I saw somebody say that, look, anytime you have somebody near 40, as close to 50, and you're bragging that you're at 44, it's not a good thing to be doing. Well, right, and wasn't the wasn't there caveat like once once they hear the negatives about the infrastructure plan, they it, yeah. it's a dead heat. But it's like it says nothing about any of the positives. Yeah, which is a big plus. And I think it was Nate Silver pointed out that you know, and the other side does get to make you you know political ads and cetera, make, make arguments too. <laughs> arguments too. Uh, and, and Mark Kelly has twenty five million dollars in the bank. And by the way, that's the other thing I think people don't understand about how midterms work. All of this, they each stain each other. In other words, everything uh, crazy thing Carrie right. Lake says, or Mark Fincham says, or Blake Masters says, it like makes them all crazier, right? Right. Because once you get a voter to stay home, they're they're staying right. home. Right. They're not coming back and saying, "Oh, hey, she's yeah. crazy," but I'm not going to vote for him. This is what happened to them in 2010 in the Senate races. But I think it's going to happen writ large, Senate and House races, and that's what people are missing. And so then, yeah, you have Rusty Bowers, the Arizona Speaker of the House, who, by the way, testified at the January 6th committee, duty, responsibility, took an oath of office, said he would still, even after testifying, (laughs) vote for Donald Trump. But he got beaten badly by a hardcore Trumpist who said the devil was at work in 2020. So this is like the level of uh, of just it just one one night where you see in Kansas the energy of a pro-democracy coalition, not in a primary, but across the state saying, no, no, this stuff's too crazy. Not here. And in Arizona, the crazy in the primary, the crazy one. I think those two things, when you look at it and think about it and step back from the doom and gloomers and the, hey, uh, we all know what happens in a midterm. It's a referendum on the president and his party. 
I don't think that's what's going on here. I never thought that back, you know, Joe Biden's had num approval numbers in the 30s for quite a while. Fetterman's kept going up. Warnock is still ahead. Kansas happened. And the Republicans and the ultra MAGAs keep doing and nominating the crazy. And that's the choice, my friends, in November. And we have to just do the work. Get energized. Do the work. That was the message from Kansas. Come together. Pro-democracy coalition. Democrats, independents, Republicans. Saying no to the crazy. And for sane, stable, calm, effective, getting it done government. And that's what Joe Biden and Democrats have, have been doing. As Jake Tapper said, in more ways than he can recall anyone doing in some time. So that's what this is really about. That's what this year's about. And that's why we keep telling people, look, go to jointheunion.us. Again, jointheunion.us. Become part of the effort here. I know you all are. Again, I hope uh, Kansas and Tuesday night, what's happened in Arizona, who they're nominating around the country, has really energized people the way we saw in Kansas and that we take that energy and crush them in November 2022, just a few months from now. So if you're listening to this and you haven't detected Joe wrapping up, Joe, just about all the time we've got, I think that's a great place to stop. I know you do too. Thanks everyone for listening to that Trippy Show. We'll be back next week. And of course, please subscribe to that Trippy Show and leave a review on Apple or wherever you listen. You can always send us a question to that trippy show at gmail.com or leave us a question in the review on iTunes. We'll see you next week. <laughs>